This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so you can enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Now, last night on the show, there was a lot of controversy over this guy that uh, was tasered at the University of Florida campus. In fact, apparently there's been a lot of talk all over the place uh, about this issue. And last night after we discussed it quite a bit, and I actually watched another video today. I watched a couple more uh, a couple more videos from different angles of, of what happened, uh, including a video that was very, very close, shot very, very close to the young man that was asking the question to where you could actually hear what the police were saying behind him or uh, to the side of him. And, uh, of course, we're talking again that this hit the news a couple days ago. John Kerry was speaking at the University of Florida. A gentleman was a young man who was a student at the school, was standing waiting to ask a question. When he was given the opportunity to ask his question, uh, he began to, you know, ramble a little bit. So a lot of people have to set up their questions. Wayne, and did you see this video? I haven't seen it, but I've heard accounts of it. Well, okay. the, the guy's basically, uh, you know, um, asking Kerry if he's involved in Skull and Bones and part of the Trilateral Commission. And why did he get, roll over and give up and give the reins of power to Bush? Now, he didn't actually... Um, there was there was a point at which he was asking his question, or, or he'd begun to sort of go on his spiel, where it was only about 20 seconds in that the police said something to him, you need to ask your question. And that's when he turned around and snapped back to the police. Actually, he ignored them at first, and then they said something else like just a few seconds later. And that's when he turned around and snapped back at the police. I'm going to ask my question. I'm, you know, I'm getting to it. So, so on and so forth. And so the police were very, very rude. They, uh, they didn't have to behave in that particular way. They didn't have to 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 be rushing him in that way. He pointed out that you know, Carrie had been on stage for two hours. He felt like he could have two minutes to to get his points out, and I didn't feel like his position was necessarily unreasonable. But nonetheless, the real controversy was uh, after the fact, you know, when he was still attempting to get his questions out, the police then manhandled him at that point, wherein he tried to break away from the police, which of course escalated the police, and then they brought him to the ground and they tasered him, some would argue unnecessarily. Uh, that's still, I think, up for debate. I still say it was not necessary to taser this young man. There were five police officers surrounding him. But nonetheless, um, I, this was a question that I had had last night that I wasn't really getting a clear answer from. You know, Mark, you had told me that he only had 45 seconds to a minute total to ask his question, mm-hmm. and that's true. But he only had about 20 seconds before the police had started to bother him and uh, and being and be rude to him. I, yeah, but it's you know. I think that the intent of these uh, events – now, I understand that that's an open mic and they give everybody an opportunity to speak, but, to speak, but the intent of these events is to say – you know, go, get up there and make a quick question to the, to the politician, the lying bureaucrat standing on the stage, and uh, then allow him to spew his lies. If that's the it, intent, they should make it crystal clear. They should say, you have 30 seconds to ask your question. They should make it uh, very clear to the participants in advance. And I, at the uh, the various different political events I've been to, that has never happened. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, some people do ramble when they speak. And, you know, sometimes you just have to sit back and be polite and let Absolutely. them get their question out. 
Yep, and that was not done here. The police had no intention of being polite to this young man. But I don't bring it up necessarily to to rehash last night's conversation because we really hashed it out last night. I just wanted to point out I did see a few extra videos. There are a few other ones out there that I think people should see. But the reason I brought it up is because I have a story that I don't think there's going to be any disagreement amongst the co- uh, amongst the uh, the panel, if you will, uh, tonight. Another taser story, if mm. you will. This one is from Local6.com. A Clay County woman's family said it's seeking justice after their loved one died shortly after being shocked ten times with taser guns during a confrontation with police. Now, you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, the police's rules are that they're only allowed to use the taser in a, you know, a a life-threatening circumstance where the the lives of the police officers are... Do you know that to be true? Because I've heard it said... But I don't know that know it to be true. That's what I. That's what I am. Because they certainly use it as punishment. Now, right. They're they using get, it for compliance. They get it to um, to people to comply. That kind of thing. Now, what the purpose are? What the protocol to use your taser is? I've heard. I've seen written in emails that it's the same as a uh, as pulling your gun. But no. obviously, the police think they, differently. Yeah, they wouldn't shoot most of the people that they um, taser. Right. And. So even if that was originally the reason why tasers were introduced, because they wanted to su- supposedly save lives, that was the excuse. Maybe now they've, of course, like any government program, have expanded uh, the reasons they can use the taser. Uh, nonetheless, you would think that it should be used in a, in a situation where the, the police are encountering some level of force from someone, and they, they have to subdue that person, hopefully without killing them, and that's the purpose of the taser. Whereas before, they would have had to have cracked somebody's head with a nightstick or shot them. Now they should be able to subdue the person without killing them. That was the purpose of introducing the taser. We've, of course, seen that the police are far more trigger-happy and happy-go-lucky to use these devices. And in many cases, with uh, someone with a heart condition or young children, for instance, they uh, with weaker hearts, they can have, well, heart attacks, and they can have uh, problems uh, as a result of these tasers mm-hmm. being used. Uh, the police are supposed to be instructed to be very, very judicious about using them, to be very careful about using them, but it doesn't seem like they're doing that. Uh, but nonetheless, if someone's going to be shocked ten times... Yeah, ten times doesn't sound judicious. When, if someone's going to be shocked ten times, you're, you've got to think to yourself on the front, okay, you're dealing with a violent person, you're dealing with someone who just robbed a bank, yeah, uh, you something, know, a rapist I mean, running away from the, you know, breaking away from the cops, attacking the police, he's not being subdued by one blast from the taser, he has right. to be blasted. Or he's on crack, or he's on crystal meth. Right, and he's PCP. Just, right, yeah. he's actually picked up a cop and he's flailing the other cops with him at ten, at ten times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, that sort of description probably doesn't really describe 56-year-old Emily Delafield. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry. I did not mean to laugh the about family Emily said, dying. I just The family said it would wow. take the Green Cove uh, Springs Police Department to court in April of 2006. Officers, so you said Clay County and this Green Cove Police Department? Where, Green Cove where is Springs. This? Uh, this is WJXT-TV reporting. Local 6, I believe, is a Florida TV station. Okay, Clay County. Uh, I'm not positive, though. Anyway, I'm no, sure there's more than one Clay County in the United States. I'm just trying to figure it out. Yes, there is a Clay County in Florida. Okay. Go look up WJXT and you'll figure it out. In April 2006, officers... But the point is, this could happen where you live. Uh, in, in April 2006, officers of the police department said they were called to a disturbance at a home just before 5 o'clock. In a 911 call made to Green Cove Springs, Delafield can be heard telling a dispatcher that she believed she was in danger. Dispatcher, and what's the problem? Delafield, my sister's waiting on my property. You're what? My sister is on my property trying to harm me. Officers said they arrived to find Delafield in a wheelchair armed with two knives and a hammer. 
Police said the woman was swinging the weapons at family members and police. Within an hour of her call to 911, Delafield, a wheelchair-bound woman documented to have mental illness, was dead. God. Family attorney Rick Alexander said Delafield's death could have been prevented and that there are four oh, things. Yeah. I mean, she's in a wheelchair, for God's sake. Just put the little brakes on, and uh, <laughs> she, I mean, she's not going anywhere. She's, throw, throw a few rocks in the lower pocket. A deranged woman in a wheelchair. What do you? Uh, what's the big deal? But, Mark, she had a hammer. She could have done serious damage. She, I that. suppose she could have if you decided to go at her head first really slowly. Right. And stand in front of her for a little while. Uh the 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 attorney says there are four things that jump out at him. One, she's in a wheelchair. Two, she's schizophrenic. Three, they're using a taser on a person that's in a wheelchair. And then four is that they tasered her ten times for a period of approximately two minutes. According to a police report, one of the officers used her taser gun nine times for a total of 160 seconds. And the other officer discharged his taser gun once for a total of no more than five seconds. That's... Probably the more appropriate protocol is one tase, less than five seconds. Five seconds is about the maximum that you're supposed to tase I don't somebody. know if I think that any of it's appropriate, but certainly compared to the uh, woman who did it nine times, the police woman that did it nine times, yeah, that somebody should take away her taser gun. Well, a medical examiner found Delafield died from hypertensive heart disease and cited the taser gun shock as a contributing factor on her death certificate. The examiner ruled her death as a homicide. The family said homicide, it, really? Plan, yeah. The family said it plans to sue the police department now that it has all the reports. And let's see. We're going to try to compensate the estate and the family to get justice. He said he believes the evidence weighs heavily in the factor of Delafield's family. Quote, I think that this evidence is going to show, along with some of the evidence we've collected, that there's no reason why she should have died that day. Oh, I think that he's right. 1-800-259-9231. Are police a little too quick on the trigger of their tasers? Yeah. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join <laughs> us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, we've got them all right there on the front page of the website. Archived for your convenience, and they're totally free at freetalklive.com. And your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com. For the sleep you've been dreaming of, that's SavvyRest.com. Let's go to the phones, to the fun. Talk to David in Maryland. David, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, David. Hey, what's up? What's on your mind? Um, have you heard about the University of Florida student that got tasered in the middle of a... Uh Carry meeting. Have we heard about it? Yeah, we spent about, uh, I don't know, half an hour talking about it last night. Just a half? I thought it was like an hour and a half. What do you think about it? Well, I mean, I I did some research, and um, first of all, they didn't tell him why they were arresting him the whole time when he was asking them why, so I think it was a really legitimate question, so it seems a little excessive in the first place, but... um, Sure. If they don't tell you why you're getting arrested, wouldn't you say that's an illegal arrest? 
Well, I don't know. I don't know if there's any law that says they have to tell you anything while they're arresting you. Uh, eventually, when you go in it front of... It seems like a, you should have... Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think the law is they have 24 hours to yeah. charge you. Eventually, when you go in front of a judge, you're going to find out what your charges are at that point. Um but no, I don't think there's any obligation on and besides, their part. They could make something up at that. Um, does it really matter for you know disobeying mm-hmm. orders? Now put your right. hands behind your back. Right. Would and it that, ma- have mattered not- if they had made some up, up some crap like that? Right. And you wouldn't be able to sue them even if they even if they just threw an, uh, a charge out at you. Even that the, even if that didn't end up being what they charged you with, if they charged you with something completely different, you couldn't sue them for lying to you or being dishonest or anything like that. So um, yeah. sorry. I I looked this up. Um, if they illegally arrest you, it's considered assault and battery, apparently. And you're allowed to um, actually resist them forcefully, even if it comes to a... Uh, Where did you get that up? That doesn't Where'd sound like any your... law here in the yeah. United States. Where'd you get your information? Um, two Supreme Court cases. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tom from New Hampshire. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. I'd be real careful with that. Yeah. I don't know if I'd when, take that when advice. Are those I don't Supreme plan Court on cases doing from? it, but I'm just saying it's there, apparently. Yeah, when are those cases? I didn't even know that you could. Right. When were those Supreme Court cases from? I don't have the year. I just have the names of the cases. 1910. It's, they're probably pretty old and uh, probably... Right, back when we weren't in a police state. Right, back when uh, back when officers were peace officers and they weren't likely to go and arrest people for just made-up BS like disobeying a direct order and all of that garbage. Uh, so if, in, if indeed you were looking at a situation where police officers were indeed supposed to be peace officers and they were going around essentially kidnapping people and arresting them for no reason whatsoever then yeah then you're resisting against kidnappers but now all they have to do is just you know lay these lame-o charges on you uh and that's their legitimate reason for arresting you in the in yeah. the eyes of the law and it will be completely illegitimate uh, in the eyes of the law for you to do anything in regards to violent resistance and the judicial system is rubber stamping this stuff besides you have to remember that's what these guys want. They feed off of your uh, your violent resistance. They want. Remember, we when we email or not email, but when we interviewed uh, Barry Cooper from NeverGetBusted.com, he told us very explicitly that it was a rush for him when someone would challenge, you know, when someone would fight back. Uh, it was he'd leave people's handcuffs undone in the hopes that they'd run away, so he'd have an excuse to run after them and tackle and beat them. Uh, you know, that's what these guys want. They want you to resist, and they want you to fight back, so they have an excuse to take out the taser or take out the club and crack some skulls. So, not a very wise thing to do. Any other thoughts? Um, yeah, they've had a lot of ad campaigns locally recently for uh, Baltimore City Police, and in their ad they um, they mention the thrill and the excitement of being a cop and having authority, like, Five times. Ew. It's only a 30-second ad. Gross. It figures. I mean, that's what they're appealing to. Those are the kinds of people they're looking for. They're not looking for good people. They're looking for people that are willing to follow orders uh, blindly, not question, and it's just sad. Mark, did now, you have David, a question for um, David? Uh, I've... I've sort of... I've looked at these uh, this case that you're talking about, and... How'd you find it so quickly? Which case? Oh, no, you're talking about the Supreme Court cases? No, no, no. The, oh, I'm, the, I'm talking about the... Uh, the UF case. Yeah, the, the, the kid the talking kid. to uh, um, Senator Kelly there. Or what is yeah, it? Yeah, Kerry. Kerry. Um, you know, the kid was a jerk. And I think that you can find so many cases where the cops overstep their bounds. For instance, we're talking about a... Uh, 56-year-old woman who was in a wheelchair, schizophrenic, and was tasered 10 times to the point that she died, where um, you can you know, be mad at the police. This one, 
at UF. It, it's high profile, but I don't feel like it's cut and dry. There you go. David, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Carl in Montreal. Carl, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. And there was an article in, our, well, in today's newspaper, a news story. I thought it was kind of interesting. Okay. Well, what the case is about is kind of interesting. It had to do with this businessman up here in Quebec. Um, he, uh, received, his company, Offshore Financial Services, unwittingly brokered a fraudulent transaction. This guy presented him a bank note worth $1.5 million, and he didn't know that it was fraudulent. So what happened was, you know, once the deposit was made, this client from Johannesburg, South Africa, asked him to make and forward via the Internet four withdrawals totaling almost 600000 U.S. dollars. And one of the payments for $339,000 was sent to a luxury car dealership in Britain to pay for a Lamborghini that was going to be shipped to him in South Africa. And it took the bank 48 hours to discover that the bank note was a forgery. Uh-oh. And then although it managed to stop the car shipment, the bank was unable to recover $179,957.67. And they sued the guy that, you know, deposited the bank note. Mm-hmm. And they want to make him pay. And now he has a problem. He can't get anyone to take his case. He said he has no money left. So what he's doing is auctioning one of his kidneys off. He said maybe he can. one guy got $2.5 million for a kidney. So what? he's going to sell his kidney to uh, pay for the legal bills. Sounds like he bank, wants some uh, PR is what he wants, but go what ahead. What happened was that the uh, the judge blamed the bank for the problem, saying his employees should have shown more prudence by verifying the validity of the bank note. There you go. Which is normally considered as solid as a certified check. Then mm-hmm. they turned around and appealed. You know, they ordered the bank to return the $22,000 it seized in Bedard's, this guy's account in 2004. The National Bank appealed the ruling on ground, the judgment would have a negative impact on banks. And the bank's lawyer said it's not the money, it's the principal. And if the ruling prevails, banks would have the burden of verifying bank drafts against the issuer. And that, he added, defeats the very idea of a bank draft. So he's try- he said he's flat broke and he can't find a lawyer, legal aid. No one wants to take his case, so he's doing his auctioning one of his so kidneys. So hold on a second. The guy selling his kidney is the guy that passed the bad uh, the no, no, check, no, right? No, no, The guy that got stuck with the fraudulent um, bank note and deposited it. Oh, so somebody, gave it, so somebody gave him this fraudulent bank note and he deposited it. Now he's out of money and he's screwed. He has to sell his kidney to pay for his legal bill, and the bank's I'm shocked him. that a kidney will t- uh, will sell for $2.4 million on the uh, Well, this other guy's market. kidney sold for $2.5 million, so that's why he's selling his and hopes his will get that much, too. Well, I wish him the best of luck. Thanks for the call and the story, Carl. Wow, we Amazing. got $5 million of kidneys. Hope Eight he doesn't right smoke. 800-259-9231. More on the way. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. William in Maryland and a new indecency bill introduced in the House of Representatives to keep your children safe from bad words. George Phillies is the right candidate for president. A serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. 
the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are for free, including the wiki, over 1,400 user-created pages. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like setting up a corporation or a limited liability company. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. 1-800-259-9231. To the phones we go to William in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, William. Yeah, what's up? What's on your mind? Yeah, I just wanted to ask you about Michael Vick. I don't think you ever mentioned it on any of the recent shows. You know about how Michael Vick, the highest-paid football player of all time, just was running a dogfighting arena? Yeah, yeah. We ha- I don't know. Has anything happened recently in that story? I mean, we've. T- uh, I don't we've- know. I-, I think he's still in the court, but I was just wondering, what was your opinion on that? Well, I thought it was kind of gross the way he, uh, you know, got caught and then came out and said he found Jesus. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you're talking about what do we think about the idea of uh, people fighting dogs against each other, right? Yeah. Um. I think it's despicable, personally. It's, it's awful. It's disgusting. Uh, I love I love dogs, and I would hate to see that. I would hate to see um, that happening. I would hate to find out that somebody that I knew and, and respected was uh, was engaging in behavior like that. Should however, that person be put in jail? Right. I don't want to pay to put somebody in jail for beating a dog because no. I think it's a slippery slope. If um, one person considers dog fighting to be cruel and unusual, and I do, um, another person may consider slaughtering a cow for a hamburger um, is cruel and unusual, Some and people I don't. think keeping pets is cruel and unusual. They think they do. it's like, oh, you know, you're imprisoning the, your pet, and that's not right. It's wrong to have well, pets. Why can't you just go by whatever the majority says? Because the majority isn't always necessarily right. Because what if the majority says that it's a, it's a good idea to chop your head off in the middle of uh, the town square, take all your money, and give it to the poor people? That's kind of unlikely. I don't well, think it's unlikely, but at one time the well, majority the of people... Of, hold on. One time in the majority of uh, the people in the United States thought it was a good idea to own black people. You know? Majority yeah. stinks. Yeah. I mean, the majority rule... I mean, d- democracy is just two wolves and a sheep deciding on dinner, and it's not. In, it doesn't have anything to do with intelligence when people get together into groups and they try to make decisions like that. Um, in fact, there is no logical basis to say that 51% is necessarily the right choice. Um, it's just what most people think, and from what I've seen, a lot of what most people think is just misinformed and and ignorant. But Wayne, your comments on the uh, the dog uh, fighting situation? Well, I don't. I also don't like the fact that he evidently was seen uh, executing a few dogs who, oh dear. who didn't do very well in fights or whatever, which I don't like either. But you know, I think just the reputation issue here. This guy had a lot of endorsements in addition to his right. salary, and and he lost those right away, as he should have. He, yeah, and he should have. That's right. But I think that uh, the legal system might be a little too harsh in, in it because uh, is there a law that you can't kill a dog? I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe there is. I'm sure there's animal cruelty laws, yeah. and in, yeah, inevitably that would be considered animal cruelty. But, yeah, I mean, imagine if he had just simply lost all of his uh, contract with Nike or whoever else he might have had it with, lost his deal with the NFL, because why would they want to keep him on board at that point? And, uh, except for the Raiders, might and has had nothing left. I mean, he he would be left with nothing except what he might have been able to save from his earlier paychecks. In which case, you know, good luck to you. Nobody's going to want to do business with you in the future. No one wants to to do business with a dog mauler. I think and the NFL. Sicko. I think the NFL would keep on um, Michael Vick. He was an incredible player. But really, I'll tell you, when the next guy comes along that hits Michael Vick, takes him down. 
he's going to be a little harder on him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Michael Vick's going to pay for it in his wallet and in his beatings. Yeah. There you go. Any other thoughts, William? Well, I just don't understand, like, so you don't really, you don't support any kind of, like, laws to protect animals at all? Like, do you think it should be illegal? You don't think it should be illegal to kill a dog or, or, or fight dog? I think it's disgusting and wrong to do those things, but... Should it be illegal, um, should it be illegal to step on an ant? Well, I mean, I think it's different for some I think animals, it's different, too. Yeah. But that's just what you and I think. Is right. it, should it be illegal to shoot a deer? Well, I mean, why do you care about uh, human freedom so much, but when it comes to animals, it's okay if it's subjective? I mean, there are some people who think we shouldn't have property. I mean, why do we have to, like, it's you're absolute when it comes to some things, but then you're subjective when it comes to the issue of animal rights. Well, do animals really have rights? I, I think I think that uh, I think, yes. all right. I think being kind to animals should be voluntary. I think that people should do it for the right reasons. But you know, sometimes you have to kill an animal to eat. Right, and uh, you know, the other thing is, um, under the, the right would kill under you. the right circumstance, yeah. that dog's going to break the neck of a kitten. You know, they live in a different world with different rules. They live in a and what they call a state of nature. It's kill or be killed um, in their particular right. um, scenario. So no, I don't think that animals have rights. The fact that human I beings I love them. Right. The fact that too. human beings have figured out what property rights are all about has allowed us to advance out of that state of nature. Um, and property rights are one of the reasons why we have uh, it, property rights are inex, uh, inexplicably tied to liberties. Uh, you can't have uh, you can't really have true freedom without the ability to own the fruits of your labor. I mean, the the few people that are out there in the world that that don't believe in property. I, are I, I think that may be a group of belief, it. but I, I think that if you uh, put the right scenario in, those people really do believe right. in property. Those people, you know, they brush their teeth with their own toothbrush and would probably be pretty upset if you decided you wanted to use their toothbrush and uh, would be upset, you know, if you decided you wanted to take their car for a spin and, you know what, you didn't like the way it drove, so you're just going to run it off the side of a cliff. I mean, you know, to suggest that these people don't really believe in property, it's more of a uh, academic exercise of, of thought experiment than anything uh, truly grounded and, and based in reality. Does that answer your question? Well, I just want to make one comment about what you just said. You can disagree with property but still oppose theft. I mean, like one of the perfect examples huh? I use of a gift economy is Star Trek, uh, the next generation. They have no property. Everything is just like nobody really owns anything. Right. They tried, that, space, they tried that crap in, um, in Lennon's Russia in the very beginning, and it just simply didn't work. Right. Star, Star Trek is fiction. Star Trek was written by, um, some originally, people that were sort of enamored with the whole communist concept. But think about, I mean, if you want to really uh, examine Star Trek, well, let's look at something that they've mastered. Uh, they seem to have mastered the creation of energy. Like, unlimited energy. Either that or they've got a, an awful lot of it, because they have the replicator machine, right? Where you just say, oh, yeah, I'd like yeah. to have this big old turkey dinner. And then the little replicator machine just creates it out of thin air. No fat, so, too. In, in a world where you can have anything you want at the snap of your fingers, then property does become irrelevant, because if somebody comes by to steal your car, you can just say, replicator, build me another one. And uh, bloop, so wait, there so it is. Do you, so do you think that property could become irrelevant in like the distant future then if we can point, if we can point, harness you would um, it would it would be an issue of owning yourself 
And if, that's about if, it. If we can harness unlimited energy, yes, then property won't be as important because what makes property valuable is its scarcity. The fact that there's, you know, if I make a bunch of rocking chairs, there are only so many rocking chairs in the world. But if you can just, you know, push a button on a machine and have it spit out a rocking chair instantaneously with no cost to you whatsoever, then there is no more scarcity. And that would be a wonderful place to live. Well, a world without scarcity would be a world with tremendous wealth and we would be free from all sorts of want. We wouldn't even have to work anymore. I mean, talk about a fantasy world. Thanks for the call, William. We appreciate the thought experiment. 800-259-9231. I mean, sure. Would I love it if we could get to that point? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen in my lifetime? You know, the I other thing, know. when he was talking about uh, uh, animal cruelty, is that if my neighbor were, were torturing his dog or mistreating his dog, uh, it's one of the few times I might actually go steal the dog. Sure. You know? Oh, I didn't even, see what happened to his fluffy. property. That's yeah. right. Even if it were his property, that would be a time where I might think twice about honoring his, his property rights and, and, and turn the dog over to somebody who might uh, not abuse it. Absolutely. And, and, and um, talking about uh, Star Trek and uh, replicators and unlimited uh, property and that kind of thing, what if they steal your replicator? Well, that would be tough. Uh, I mean, that'd be like stealing an ATM machine. You know, it wouldn't be very easy. And People steal safes. They seem to be fairly prolific. I mean, I'm not a Star Trek right. fan. I've only it's seen... It's fiction. They create whatever right. they want yeah. out of thin air. But That's what fiction is. Yeah. But then you have your wife replicate your replicator for you. Thanks, Wayne. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. We've got two Toms on the line. And uh, ladies, if you call in, your call comes first. 1-800-259-9231. Still on the way, the the new House Indecency Bill. It's going to protect your children's sensitive ears, apparently. Uh, That and the Pentagon. We'll get into that. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. At 1-800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line, Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site are for free. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and shop with us at store.freetalklive.com. Great place to pick up all kinds of Free Talk Live-related merchandise. Everything from a variety of uh, Free Talk Live t-shirts to Free Talk Live hats to hoodies to uh, the DVD Classic Archive collector sets. We've got flags and more. Get all the details and place your order at store.freetalklive.com. That's store.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones, to the fun, to Tom in California. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. What's on your mind, Tom? Oh, well, first of all, I just wanted to say how it's, it's so surprisingly easy to get on this show. I thought there would be some kind of bureaucracy, but no, just give them your name, phone number, and then after the first time, you don't need to give them the phone number. Yeah, it's really uh, it's pretty simple. Um, I mean, that's one of the things we've already pr- always prided ourselves on here on Free Talk Live is a very, very light phone screening process. Right, we yeah, don't spend as have... much time blowing hot air as uh, <laughs> some of the talk show hosts and out there. You get there. more crank calls, too. Yeah, well, we do. Well, they, they're up, you know, a lot of the talk show, uh, the sh- talk shows out there, they want to make sure that they know every single word that's going to come out of a caller's mouth right, before they go on Right, because they're either Republicans or Democrats, therefore they're lying so they they can't you know they can't stand up to the truth we could be wrong please tell us yeah that's exactly. our well, philosophy well, sorry, well what i wanted to say is um actually you kind of got me on a different topic when you were talking about the star trek thing with the um replicator i was thinking <laughs> uh first of all who would steal a replicator assuming that everyone had a replicator <laughs> yeah it's an world. absurd question you're well, right people steal cars pretty much everybody has a car 
but again, well, it's unlimited but, but, but energy. But the mark. replicator can can make an infinite amount of things. So you just get infinity plus infinity. <laughs> right. They yeah. can make replicators. I assume. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if a replicator can make such a complex machine as a replicator. All I ever <laughs> saw them do was make Sundays. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. At most, at most, you would just get make be able to make thing, more things faster. That's all. But that's not. Uh, my main point, my main point about that <laughs> fantasy world is that would be horrible because there are some things that you can't create out of thin air, like a good movie or a good book. You cannot tell a machine um, mm. to be an artist and write a uh, write a good book or something. That is you need true. To get pe- you need to get people to do that from motivation, from capitalism. Well, no, no, that's not necessarily true, um, because there are pl- plenty of people in the world of music and movies that uh, that make their movies and their music simply be simply for the love of doing it, and how in many a world. Are that? I'm sorry. How how many people do that? Not many. Um, I I would I would would say that I think that some would do it. But you're right. Uh, Tommy Lee isn't out there writing songs like he I'm used to. I'm not talking about the stars, Mark. I'm talking about. But the, the... he has money. It proves like he has he right. has reached a point well, where they, he doesn't need any more. Money. I understand that the people that are toiling away and the you know playing their acoustic guitar in the you know the local bar eventually I'm sure they would love to break it big. But most most of them must understand that that is a very very unlikely reality for them. But yet they nonetheless toil away, um, making pennies, if if anything, um, do, because they do, they're doing what they love. If they could make profit on it, I know they want. I know they would. They would love to do that. Uh, but but in this theoretical world where there's an, an unlimited supply of energy and products can be created at the drop of a hat, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that creativity would be killed. Um, because then everybody has nothing but free time on their hands. There's no more need to work, and so therefore there'd be all kinds of art and music and movies and that sort of thing. And, yeah, but and I don't think yeah, but I don't think anything quite beats the reward of money. I th- I think that he has a point. I don't know that either side is necessarily true. I agree with him in the real world. I mean, in the real world, that's true. We do need uh, capitalism, and it is very important to uh, to have that reward. Uh, but what we were talking about is a fantasy uh, world where you can you imagine you've got nothing better to do with your time than whatever it is you want to do. You don't have to go to a job. Still- Still abides by the rules of capitalism. I mean, where we're not saying that people have any less motivations, uh, like because now that they can get anything they want, they'll be less motivated to get money. Therefore, artists who make money from art, like movies and songs, they won't do those things anymore, which can uniquely, can only uniquely be done by them. You know, well, I, they have I think to do something. Yeah, I think it's a myopic worldview. Personally, I think yeah. that uh, in that particular case people will have, I mean, they will just have so much time on their hands, they would have to engage in creative endeavors in order to even keep themselves from boring themselves. This is, it's sort of the situation where the, the communists would love to think about. It's true. I was gonna say, or you'll you... just get the really, the really crappy movies and books that people write, you know, when they know they're not going to make a lot of money. I hate those. <laughs> I don't know if that's true necessarily because remember in the uh, in this fantasy world with unlimited wealth and unlimited energy you could create the most high quality products. You wouldn't be using a little, you know, crappy VHSC camera to record your movies. You could, you know, generate the most high quality camera and uh, use a high quality editing deck and so uh, you you'd be able to spend all kinds of money that you don't really even have because you don't need. Uh, you'd be able to create all the props and the sets and anything you wanted to do. I mean, I wonder, you know, could you create can you create robots that are? Can you create people to do the programming on the computer to make the CGI effects? <laughs> mm, now that's a good point. Not that or maybe it'll be robots. Well, you know what the problem with all, with all this this talk about just being able to create things out of thin air is that the problem is I think it would lead to a, dis- a decline in society because there's a certain satisfaction and motivation in creating these things and the unknown of, of wondering whether they'll be accepted or not or whatever. 
And just like with money, when you can create money out of thin air, it cheapens everything, and no one appreciates it. Mm. Uh, so when, when there's work or labor involved in creating something, whether it be mining gold or silver to make money or building a car, uh, there's something that's constructive for the human mind and the human imagination. And, and when I want... And I want to talk about the dog thing, too. Hold on. Uh, before I you go to... on, I, I want to make one point. Um, I, I've read lots of business books over the years because I'm a salesman by trade. And, you know, people do their stuff for different reasons. One of the things as sales managers are taught to do is, besides giving out um, uh, things like money, uh, raises, bonuses, they're taught to give out promotions and uh, awards for salespeople that do a good job. So love and adoration of fans would still be a scarce commodity in the world where money and um, you know uh, capital is unlimited. You'd still have love and adoration. And some people, lots of people, would be interested in trying to get that love and adoration. Nonetheless, I think Tom brings up some really great points. And, uh, and, and he, I think he poked a few holes in the, you yeah. know, th- the theory of unlimited wealth uh, in that there would still be a, a need in, se- in several areas for human creativity and, mm. and human input. And I think you bring up some great points. Interesting thought experiment, though. What was your point on the dog uh, fighting? I just want to say uh, Mark compared it to him stepping on ant. But no, the... The thing is, if you if Michael Vick was uh, hurting dogs, he was doing it brutally. I'm, I'm assuming he wasn't punching them. He didn't just like give them a, a lethal injection. If you kill an ant, I'm assuming they, they they just like black out. You know, it's just over. But a dog, they they can feel extreme pain. They were beaten. That that's different. That's a different thing. Animals, I think, you know, if you kill an animal, it's different than killing a human. But I think if you if it, if it suffers, then I think it should be uh, more pr- protected to a certain degree. Well, I'll tell you, I I don't agree with laws against uh, hurting animals, but they would be the last ones that I would get rid of. You know, Tom, uh, I appreciate where you're coming from on that. I think the point that Mark was making with the ant analogy is that some people who might have a bit of a more crazy belief system than you or I may believe in their heart of hearts that that ant is feeling excruciating pain and that, you know, the, you can't see its eyes in order to, to know that sort of thing. Uh, well, that's but why they... I just like to be merciful when I kill ants and do it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> One time I killed a fly with a chopstick and I felt really bad for it. You're a bad, bad man. That must have been difficult. Was it already He's injured lying or something? You, Ian. Oh, okay. <laughs> it took me five days to do it. <laughs> Tom, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. But your point, Mark, was that there are certain people in this world who have very, very extreme beliefs on uh, cruelty to animals, who might actually categorize ants in the same category as a dog. It's all, they're all living creatures, and we all, they all need to be protected by the law. You know, and then there are those, as I mentioned earlier, there are those people that believe that pets should not even be allowed, because they believe that is cruelty. Anything outside of the state of nature for animals, in their opinion, is cruelty, and is wrong. And if those people were to get in charge, they would pass their laws, and then all of a sudden, we'd have to let little Fluffy out into the streets, uh, <laughs> You know, fend for yourself. <laughs> right. I uh, I feel terrible about what um you know some people Michael Vick did to those dogs. Right. And I don't like it. I hate it. But if I were to allow democratic rule in that area where fifty one percent of the people think that what he did was wrong and therefore he should go to jail, then I have to allow democratic rule in a whole bunch of other areas that are completely unrelated. Like right. you know, um the, the scenario that I talked about if 51% of the people think that we should be able to own black people, is that okay? 
I like the I like uh, you know Wayne's point about uh, the marketplace and maybe just taking individualized action, getting people together and rallying uh, against a neighbor, not necessarily to to harm him physically, but to simply remove the dog from his house if indeed he is beating his animals, uh, to uh, to just simply ostracize him. Just because he's beating his dog doesn't mean we have any obligation to sell him food. You know, there's no obligation on my part to do business with him, to talk with him, to let my kids play with his kids, that sort of thing. So let's use ostracism and, and think of more creative ways to punish someone instead of just throwing them in a jail cell. I'd put a burning doghouse in his front lawn. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Hour number two is on the way. Uh, still to come, we'll tell you about a couple of septuagenarians that have been, well, in trouble with the law. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. So enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Let's go right into the phone calls here to start things out, though. Still on the way, we've got to talk about a couple of septuagenarians in trouble with the law. Septuagenarian, by the way, means someone in their 70s. Uh, And then uh, we'll get to, Mark, you've got a story you've been holding on to for a while Mm -hmm. uh, about taxes in the olden days of America, right? Right. We'll get to that, too, uh, hopefully. And, of course, take your calls about anything. First to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Yeah, I, by the way, I heard you say earlier on that uh, property rights are inexplicably linked. Yes, I used the wrong word. Inextricably was the one I was uh, drastically searching for, but I could not and, find. And you tried to get that past me. <laughs> Actually, uh, one of our Internet listeners caught it first, Tom, uh, so you're, you're the second person to alert us. But thank you for doing it on air. <laughs> anyway, uh, I wanted to point out that uh, yesterday you were talking about... Uh, the street incorporated and a lot of the uh, violence that was going on in there and how this breeds, you know, like a cycle of violence. Yes. But people, when they're kids and they're mistreated and abused and tortured and stuff, then they grow up and they, they want to uh, do all this uh, violence to innocent people and such. Sure. And I, I was thinking there might be a way to put a stop to that. Okay. Uh, and that is if all of that... Anger and violence. You, you know, like when Colin Ferguson went out on the, the the commuter train there on Long Island and just started killing random people because he was so furious and, and that sort of that. thing. That was that uh, that that black guy that uh, was it Maryland or something like that. He he killed people on the train and then, then, yeah, the then defended train himself. In Long Island, New York. Okay. Anyway, you, you get all these furious people committing violence against innocent people, mm-hmm. and you, you get all these. Uh, kids being mistreated and they grow up to be cops and they they want to take it out they go through boot camp and they learn all of this garbage about how you know authority and all of this stuff that is drawn from thin air authority and so then they have this attitude that if you don't respect authority then you're fair game too if we could channel all of the anger among the citizens this hatred and and violence against them, if somehow all of that could be channeled towards the cops 
and all these instead of taking it out on innocent people, they go out and kill more cops. Then they're going to get killed, like you you so often. You know, it's uh, an interesting uh, interesting point, uh, though I disagree entirely because you're uh, you're just. You're ignoring the point about the cycle of violence. If you go and you uh, bring violence on the cops, they're just going to bring bi- uh, violence back on you, and it's just going to escalate. Not if they're dead. If they're <laughs> dead, then they can't commit violence. And if you're dead, then you can't commit violence. The people who do it go to heaven because resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. <laughs> now and- you're sending them to heaven. Do they get 40 oh. virgins when they get there? Uh, I don't know how many they get, but the the cops, God is grilling their flesh in hell, and they're, they're, that's the dead end, literally, <laughs> and, of the cycle of violence. And your, pe- and your penance, my son, <laughs> is to sit in a chair and have marijuana smoke blown in your face while you watch 1960s Dragnet reruns. And, and I get your daughter on Planet Billy. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Tom. I don't even know what that means. They must and be I, communicating in old people speak. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to find that out either. Let's uh, go to the phones. To somebody who actually uh, actually has some uh, experience in the world of criminal justice, let's talk to Brad in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, Brad. Good evening, guys. Hey, hey Brad. Are you hey, on speakerphone? Uh, uh, no, I'm not. Are you in the Just, bathroom? Uh, I, I actually I am because my girlfriend is listening in the other room. Would you like me to Would you like me to go in a, a non bathroom? No, no, it would be preferable. It's just okay. a little echoey. That's all. Okay, I apologize. Uh, first off, um, I, I'm calling to uh, speak uh, in defense of the taser. Um, but I'd first like to say, um, as someone who works in the criminal justice profession, uh, I do find what uh, Tom from New Hampshire says. I do find it a little bit disturbing I bet. And, uh, and very and very disagreeable. But I will tell you that I absolutely respect his First Amendment right to expression and his right to have the viewpoint that he has, as long as he doesn't break any criminal laws. Right. So, as long as all he's doing is talking, then that's fine. But as soon as he actually uh, goes out and does something awful to someone, then at that point... Uh, ab- absolutely. And I, I find it important to say that I would put my life on the line to protect his right to have that opinion. Um, and as I, as I feel a lot of people who work in the criminal justice profession would. Well, you know, I mean, you know a bunch of police officers, um, and would you say that they're all bad guys? I mean, should they all be executed like Tom thinks is the appropriate solution? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, I can tell you, um, I've worked in the criminal justice profession in, in New Hampshire going on nine years, and um, New Hampshire has some of the most professional police officers in the entire country. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I do find what uh, Tom says very alarming. Um, but like I said, I respect his First Amendment right to, um, to have that opinion. Certainly having an opinion and making a threat are two different things. Um, however, if someone just feels that all the police officers should be killed, as disturbing and alarming as that is, they have every right to have that opinion, and like I said, I would no. put my I would put my life on the line we to got defend you. his we got opinion. You on that. Now, Bradley, um, what should one do if one is uh, confronted with a police officer who's just out of line, just saying and doing a rogue things. cop? Well, I, I wouldn't I, you know, rogue cop. The guy, zealous. It, it makes people think of training day. Um, well, I I don't know whether I'd necessarily agree with that, but just a cop who's overstepped his bounds. For instance, uh, the Dave Ridley incident, where a police officer stopped Dave Ridley for carry, open carrying a gun in New Hampshire, where it's legal to open carry a gun. Well, uh, I can tell you um, that the, I I do know the police officer who stopped David Ridley, and he's a very good man. And I would say. Um, that any police officer who is in a position like that, uh, excuse me, any person who's in a position like that should just be respectful um, and, um, you know, deal with the situation as it is and um, certainly not take Tom's advice. Um, but if you're just respectful and you take the high road, certainly if, if you have a complaint, that can certainly be uh, addressed later. Um, 
I mean, and I think Dave Ridley did handle that in a very professional manner. Oh, and he was very reasonable, and uh, and it, and it, it was sort of a testament to the. It was a great comparison watching how the New Hampshire police handled that situation compared to how police in any other uh, in any other more tyrannical state might handle it. Uh, they they were pretty hands off uh, when even when Russell was sort of pr- uh, prancing around doing silly things, uh, they tolerated him instead of. Cracking his head against the pavement, so, yeah, which is um, really what he wanted. Obviously, it would have been preferable had they not stopped him in the first place. And hopefully, with enough, uh, hopefully with enough people open carrying in New Hampshire, the police will finally get used to the fact that yes, uh, people are finally exercising their rights to open carry, and they should leave them alone. It's a constitutional right, and I view it as no different as holding up a. a, a a sign that says, I support George Bush for president. I mean, it's a constitutional right granted by our state constitution. And, um, and, and that's, that's the, uh, the limit on the government. So I, I completely agree with that. Well, what would you say to people who, who would say that maybe the police departments are starting to become too militarized and centralized? Well, uh, I would say, um, again, um, I do believe that New Hampshire has some of the most professional police in the nation and um, I can tell you, um, just based on my, you know, brief eight-plus years experience uh, working in the criminal, just, uh, criminal justice profession in this state, that if people have any concerns and they spoke to um, their local police department administration, that they would be very receptive and very open to listen to any sort of critique. Um, I have never seen um, um, any um, out-of-line policing in this state. And, you know, of course, like I said, my opinion is a little skewed because, you know, I'm involved uh, in the state of New Hampshire, um, people would be very impressed to see how professional um, the law enforcement is in this state. Now, to be fair to, to, be fair to Tom in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. I understand where he's coming from. I understand the source of his emotional rage and his frustration. Tom's very concerned, uh, for instance, about underage drinking. He is, one of the, I think, one of the people that would be in the camp of let's make it legal for young people to, uh, to possess and to, uh, to, to imbibe alcohol. Let's stop the police from enforcing these awful laws and to make it so that the police are actually out catching real criminals. And I, I'm sure he's also very upset about the uh, the laws uh, in the in the world of uh, the, the drug war and that sort of thing, and I think that I think that a lot of people and cops included would agree that if we could just uh, get rid of these silly consensual crimes, get these crimes off the books, and allow the police to really focus on you know apprehending rapists and arsonists and murderers and that sort of thing, then no one really would have any objection to what the, what they were doing out there. If they were actually and, protecting people instead of pulling people over for not stopping 100% at a stop sign. Ian, my friend, I would certainly agree with you there. Um, and I would agree with Tom there. Uh, I think if kids were, were able to drink with their parents and their parents could teach them to drink, say, for instance, when they were 16, um, and the parents could bring them up, it would be a lot better than huge. them It would be a drink. huge change for, uh, for our society, and it would be a very positive one. I know you wanted to talk tasers, so hang on, Brad. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so do enjoy those on us. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com. Those features include, by the way, the updates. Get signed up and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. 
SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. We go back to the phones to Brad in New Hampshire. Uh, Brad, who's got a bit of expertise in the world of uh, criminal justice. You're back on the line. I know you wanted to talk tasers, and we sort of got distracted. So uh, what, what, what did you want to get to? Well, I would like to speak in defense of the taser. Um, I understand there's a, there's a great deal of people um, out there, um, probably quite a few people who listen to your show, who have a very uh, negative uh, opinion of the taser. But let me tell you, um, as someone who uh, is trained to carry one and, and has used one, um, the purpose of it is to protect life and to keep people from getting hurt. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of news stories, um, you know, specifically uh, the one that happened the other day, where some people might think that the, the police are overbearing or that they can use it to dispense, you know, the, the common term street justice. But let me tell you, um, each individual taser has an internal computer that keeps track of everything that an individual officer does, meaning if the taser is used, um, it keeps track of the time, the temperature, um, you know, how long it's used, whether or not there was a cartridge attached. Right. In um, the case where this uh, this uh, old woman in the wheelchair um, with schizophrenia was uh, tasered to death, then um, they, they were able to tell exactly how many seconds she was tasered for. So. Like 160 seconds or something like that. Oh, absolutely. And if, and if that's the case, I mean, certainly that is unreasonable and there will have to be accountability. But it's, it's simply not a device that can be used to, to administer, you know, quote-unquote street justice where officers can, can arbitrarily inflict pain. Um, I can tell you uh, from my experience... Well, now, hold it, on a second, Brad. Sure. Now, it can be used as long as you've got a police department that's willing to close ranks and back the officer up once he, you know, once the news breaks that these awful things have happened and the police department says, well, we're going to review our policy. And no, uh, it looks like he was following the rules, so no problem, even though this woman is uh, dead, this wheelchair-bound woman uh, was shocked to death by the uh, the officer w- wielding the taser. Uh, the police department just closes ranks and protects their own. So in that particular case, then you've got corruption rising through the ranks, and there's not much that can be done about that. Well, I can tell you, uh, in my eight-plus years of experience, I have never seen a, a police department act like that. Well, and I'll, because I'll, you I'll, haven't seen it, but you've, you've read the news stories, and you've heard us talk about them. Oh, For instance, yeah. here in New Hampshire, they, uh, they, they, they took a guy's uh, video surveillance equipment off of his property because apparently it was running while some police were at his door, and he, um, he caught them just being entirely abusive. So, I mean, it, it does happen, Bradley. Well, um, yes. I mean, certainly, uh, certainly there's, 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 you know, there's obviously the potential. But I can tell you, I mean, ultimately, if someone was to file a, a lawsuit for a violation of their federal civil rights, certainly in the discovery process, they would have the right to the computer that's in the taser. They would have a right to all of the uh, police department's um, records. Sure. And, and if, in fact, there, there were a police department that were, would cover up gross misconduct like that, um, then certainly they would be held accountable. But I can tell you the purpose of the taser 
and I have seen it many times, is to protect people from getting hurt. Right, and that's what uh, I had said earlier on the show. I know you said you were, uh, you're a day behind on the podcast. You weren't listening. I don't think you were listening live tonight necessarily. But I had said earlier that the original reason the taser was introduced. Now, whether or not it's being used in this way today is another question by different departments. But the reason it was introduced was to give officers a non-lethal response to what is potentially a lethal situation. Right. So if there's some somebody who a suspect that is uh, putting an officer's life in danger, the the officer that can then resort to the taser as opposed to a, you know a shot to, two to the chest and one to the head. I well, mean, or, or a, 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 you know hitting somebody in the across the head with a club. Well, let me tell you this, Ian. Uh, the, the taser should be deployed even before it gets to a situation where lethal force would be authorized. Say, for instance, there was a fist fight and an officer was to get into a fist fight. The potential exists that the officer could break someone's arm, break someone's nose. If, if the taser is used, and I have seen it, and if the taser is used correctly, it could completely alleviate that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you, um, based on my experience, um, and, and again, there are, there are people out there that, you know, that, that shouldn't be in the job of law enforcement, but every single police officer I have ever encountered in my eight-plus years, have, have, you know, I've never seen anyone want to hurt anyone else. And the taser, um, the taser essentially, if, if you deploy it on someone, they fall to the ground. And, and after being exposed to, uh, to five seconds, um, they, they comply. And the big difference between a taser and, um, say, for instance, pepper spray, is that pepper spray relies on what's called pain compliance, where the, the, simple, uh, the simple fact that you have... Um, that you have pepper on your skin that hurts, you're going to comply with what law enforcement wants. Um, whereas the pepper spray takes about 45 minutes to, um, for, for the pain and the sensation to go away. The taser, after being used for five seconds, um, it goes away and, and people will comply. And the whole point of it is so that law enforcement does not have to hurt anybody. Oh, I agree with you, man. I, and I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the clarification. I, and I want to make it make make sure that I'm clear. I don't have any objection to the taser itself. Mm-hmm. The issue is the sadistic cops that are out there that are utilizing it in ways that are outside of the way that it's you know supposed to be used. Well, and it, there's no it, doubt you're very fortunate that you haven't come across the sadistic cops in your time, or at least they haven't revealed themselves right. in I that think, way. I think that's probably more yeah, more accurate. Um, you know, there are a lot of them out there. Maybe there's less in New Hampshire than anywhere else, but I mean, I recall the, the case of Eugene Seiler from Tennessee, a drug suspect, where five Tennessee cops showed up at his house out of uniform uh, one day because they wanted to shake him down. Uh, they wanted to get him to sign a confession, and these guys hooked him up, hooked his testicles up to a car battery, and uh, they they beat him physically. And the only reason that anybody even knows this happened is because before the cops able were able to come into his home, his wife started a cassette tape recorder that was uh, running out of view of the cops, and so it recorded what was essentially a 45 minute long torture session. And the only reason why we didn't hear the rest of it was because the tape ran out. So I mean that's just one example of some of the just sick people that are, you know, that masquerade up front as being caring, kind, good cops. Oh, they've been, a lot of these cops have been on the force for years and they've been decorated and that sort of thing. And then you find out who they really are because some citizen had the forethought to actually surreptitiously record the encounter. That's absolutely horrible, Ian. And let me tell you, there's a lot more to being a police officer than simply having a badge. Uh, Being a police officer is is um, respecting your oath to defend the Constitution and, and actually doing your job and respecting the ethics of the profession. And anyone 
who would act like that while wearing a badge isn't a cop. It's you know, a good a step. Common criminal. A good, I agree. And a good step towards that would be to actually maybe teach cops a thing or two about the Constitution, besides getting rid of all these unconstitutional laws like the war on drugs and these under underage drinking laws and prostitution and gambling. But we could go on, Brad. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing <laughs> from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. There's a lot that can we do. A lot we a lot we can do that would easily change the disposition of police officers today. Change them from law enforcement officers back to the role of peace officer. There's so much, and it would be simple, but we just need to do it. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, and those features do include the live streams, a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both for free, for you at freetalklive.com. And if you or perhaps someone you know needs a primer on some of the subjects we talk about here on Free Talk Live, you should check out the Liberty Radio Underground. It's an elementary introduction to libertarianism, and each show concisely handles a single topic in less than 10 minutes. It's great for someone who's new to Liberty. So go to libertyradiounderground.com today and grab an episode. It's free. That's libertyradiounderground.com. As we go to the phones to the fun, Indy, calling from Connecticut. Indy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's up, guys? Well, Three real quick points. Number one, I love patronizing your sponsors. Number Great. two, Tom in uh, New Hampshire, murder is murder is murder, brother, and you can't do that. And there are peaceful means by which we can achieve our goals. Number three, myself, I own an insurance expert witnessing company, and my family's all in the insurance business, and we are so salivating at a free market solution to a bunch of the BS that the government has going on right now. What do you mean? Every industry in uh, the uh, personal responsibility or business responsibility department can be taken over by insurance. We're halfway there now, if not for state regulation. When, you, when you're saying every industry in the personal responsibility, can you give me a, a more tangible example? Like, what's that mean? Certainly. You drive, you do bad business, it's very difficult to drive legally if you are a bad driver. If you're a bad business owner, there is insurance by which you can be judged and rated by reputable and rated rating companies who will take care of that business. Mm -hmm. And I'll do business with the best rated companies. And if you're a cheapskate and you want to go with the irreputable companies, feel free. But, guys, there are so many free, free market solutions that are available to the government regulation process. I'm, my whole family is looking forward to some massive changes that will improve this and will... Uh, Reward us. Great. Are you and your family going to maybe take your operations up here to New Hampshire and help us um, implement those changes? We're in Connecticut right now. We've migrated all the way from the West Coast. We Great. have several members, and New Hampshire and the FSP obviously are a big attraction to us. We might establish residence and uh, 
Make some positive changes, guys. Great. I, that's what we need is we need people like you with a vision. You know, the people that are already in the business that could take over these government, what is currently a government's responsibility to take those over into the free marketplace and provide us with better solutions, competitive solutions at more reasonable prices and, and actually have a, a vision in advance of how these things could work. Because Mark and Wayne and myself can sit here and speculate all night on uh, on this radio show, but none of us really have a dog in the race. We aren't the people oh, that are in search of you profits. Have listeners, you have listeners who have solutions. We're salivating, we're waiting, and uh, we're migrating, guys. Great. You're well, not. That's exciting, and hope to see you here in hand. New Hampshire sooner rather than later. Indy, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You know, he mentions... Calls uh, like that give me hope. Yeah. He mentioned uh, these uh, the different things that the marketplace can do to help help ostracize uh, bad people or bad businesses and that sort of thing. And we've certainly talked plenty of times on this show about reputation ratings, this theoretical concept of in the free marketplace, each individual would have his own reputation rating, sort of similar to a credit rating, but yeah. not, the, not quite the same. It's not really science fiction in the sense that you know we have credit ratings, we have eBay ratings, these things sure. are relatively simple. eBay is a simple. great example of a, of a reputation rating, a real-life real and valuable Working reputation rating. eBay's rating system is super. And yeah, people so use it in job applications. People use it um, in all kinds of scenarios beyond eBay, and I think that it's great for that. Right. Here's another example. I have a friend who sells political risk insurance to people who do exports to other countries. So the whole idea behind this is if you're exporting to Somalia, let's say, or some politically unstable country, your premium is going to be higher because Somalia or that other bad country... They, they're more likely to have to pay. Yeah, exactly. So those things are already out there. It's just a matter of expanding that whole concept to other areas of our lives. Now watch out. Ian really likes Somalia. And in the world of the information age, in the world of the Internet, doing these things and interlocking and uh, sharing information becomes so easy. So it's, I mean, it would have been something could have been done even decades ago, but now it's even easier. There's no excuse for us to not go in this direction, to go in a more free market direction as far as getting information on the people that you're going to do business with. In fact, a listener sent me a link to a in, very interesting website uh, called Rapleaf. It's R-A-P-L-E-A-F, rapleaf.com, and it is an online reputation lookup system. When you go to the front page of the website, it says there's a little email address box you can enter in anybody's email address. Mm -hmm. And it says look up someone by their email address to view their reputation-related information, profile stats, and social networks. Leave feedback on others, and they'll be encouraged to rate you back. Use Rapleaf to build, promote, and manage your online reputation. And then, you know, there's more uh, information down there, but their little tagline is, it's more profitable to be ethical. And so this is one example of one organization that's already out there doing some sort of reputation rating system. And is it widespread? No, not yet. Um, there's not necessarily a call for this um, in the marketplace quite yet, but I think that something like this could expand and something like this could become far more popular, especially when there are different competing networks out there and providing valuable information to people doing business, people considering doing business. This could be very useful information, this it, website. It sounds like it. I don't know how many people are on it or how, how one goes, goes about being on it or anything like that. It seems like it needs growth. Well, there's a whole Frequently Asked Questions file that I haven't taken the time to read, but I'm sure they answer a bunch of those questions for you there. So, uh, And it's free, apparently. 
1-800-259-9231. So you can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. I said we're going to talk about this new indecency bill. According to FMQB, which is an industry publication in the radio industry, the Protecting Children from Indecent Programming Act has been introduced into the House of Representatives, the latest legislation aimed at fighting indecency. Now, I had heard rumors that this was going to come about, so it looks like it's actually happened at this point. The bill would require the FCC to take action against a broadcaster for any single offending word or image. And by the way, this is a bipartisan act sponsored by Republicans and Democrats alike. And they said things like, by the way, the current fine for indecency and obscenity on the air is $325,000 per instance. And per station. That's correct. Per station per instance. So if uh, Opie and Anthony get on the air and they do something offensive, all of the stations that are carrying the show could theoretically face the fine. And, and, and theoretically, and that's what one one thing that's really silly about the whole thing. Opie and Anthony aren't on. Well, they're not on anything. But let's take oh, Howard. Yes, they are. Howard Stern uh, not on radio, are they? Yes, they are. They oh, a radio show. I thought they were just okay. Howard Stern was on twenty or so stations, thirty stations. Rush Limbaugh's on six hundred. Um, and I might have my things wrong, but How- Rush, um, Howard Stern was broadcasting to a lot of people yes. on those stations. A lot of people would listen to, you know, K100 or whatever, whereas Rush is on some little bitty AMs, on some big AMs, that kind of thing. Fewer people would listen to the station that Rush is on, so it's it's really weird the way that they have it. Do you understand? Sure. Oh. So, so those little make any sense. Those little station owners that are carrying a show that they can't possibly monitor 24 hours a day if something happens. And then what if they do? You know, how can they monitor it with a dump button? You know, have a can't. Uh, yeah. There's not enough. There's just not enough money and not enough. Uh, it it's just not going to work. You can't sit a board operator in to monitor what Rush Limbaugh says. And uh, that so. board operator has to be alert. It's like being. It's worse than being a pool um, lifeguard at a pool. You have to be ready within five seconds to dump whatever's um, you know right. dumpable. So, uh, but they could do it at the network level, uh, theoretically, and that's the way it, sh- it should be done. Um, and, and nonetheless, for instance, here on Free Talk Live, we're not going to uh, venture into the realm of indecency or obscenity on this show. There's just no reason to go there. We're professional broadcasters. We're not pandering to the lowest common denominator. That's just not something we do. Even when we talk about sexual things, we try to t- keep it as clinical as possible. So it's easy for us to not cross those lines. But now with this new piece of legislation... They will not allow specific words. They're going to have a list of words for the first time ever that aren't going to be allowed on the airwaves in America. This does not exist today. Well, that will be useful. Um, for one thing, it, I, I think that's going to backfire on the, um, the feds because you can make up new words. Well, and... now I'm actually I'm actually jumping to conclusions there, Mark. That would seem to be what they're going to do. I haven't read the text of the bill, so I don't know for sure. And there's not the details not in this story, but we'll bring you a little bit more information about what the sponsors of the bill have to say about protecting the children. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. You like the show? Eh, you want to help support us? Then go and shop at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase, but only if you start shopping through amazon.freetalklive.com. 41 categories to shop in. You know Amazon. They're reliable. They're the world's number one Internet retailer. And, indeed, our worldwide listeners in many places can actually shop with us as well. Because when you enter Amazon.freetalklive.com, you choose your country. 
United States, Canada, Germany, and the UK. So lots of different ways to shop with us. No Australia? Um, no, Amazon? there is no Australian Amazon. I was shocked by that. That's, there is. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, there's Japanese Amazon, but I couldn't quite translate the page. For <laughs> we don't up. get a lot of Japanese people calling in. We've had a couple. One, at least, that I can recall. I don't think we've ever had a Japanese person call. We've had people call from Japan. Japan. Well, who, certainly quite a few. Uh, Brandon uh, used to call in from Japan. but We, didn't, we had a Chinese girl was call it Chinese? one time. Yeah. Okay. My mistake. All right. So, uh, anyway, Amazon.freetalklive.com. Great way to get the stuff you need for life and help the show out at the same time. 1-800-259-9231. Talking about the Protecting Children from Indecent Programming Act. It's been introduced into the House of Representatives by a bipartisan panel of uh, representatives. You're going to save us all. Who said things like this. Quote, As the father of five sons, I have a vested interest in what broadcasters present over the public airwaves. We do not want our children to grow up with the mindset that certain behavior and language is okay. I speak for our families in Mississippi as well as across the country. Does that mean that if if, uh, his kids learn some bad language that we can throw him in jail for being a bad parent? I, I doubt he would agree with you on that. No, uh, I, I, he certainly wouldn't. It, the, the thing is, is he he's passing off the responsibility for the rearing of his children to the broadcasters. Mm. Those broadcasters, they're not their kids. Should we fine uh, little Billy in the schoolyard three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, or maybe just three hundred twenty-five dollars if he utters a curse word in front of uh, your son or daughter? That's where I learned it. Yeah, I can tell you that's where I learned it as well. How about you, Wayne? Where'd you learn to curse? Uh, Catholic school. Oh, Catholic school. Was <laughs> uh, it the nuns? <laughs> no, no. He says, uh, this is one of the, uh, the guys that introduced the bill, Chris Pickering from Mississippi, says, I speak for our families in Mississippi as well as across the country. We deserve a peace of mind when watching television with our family and expect a level of decency in our programming. Well, look. Why can't you take your television set into your own hands, take the remote control, and find family-friendly programming Right. For Every one of these TV, TVs now produced has a V-chip. What the heck else do they want broadcasters to do? And uh, he said, let's see, one of the other guys said, there's no reason to allow broadcast networks a free pass as long as not too much profanity makes it on the airwaves. We pass legislation to keep profanity from the airwaves because parents do not want their children to see any profane images or hear any indecent language. Families should have a reasonable expectation to believe television broadcast over public airwaves will not contain indecent material, not even once. You know, the public airwaves thing uh, rankles me, too, because it, what makes those airwaves public? Did the public pay for them? No. No, the public just usurped them at one point. No, it's not even the public. It's the government. Right. And the government likes to tout that word like it means something. It's the government's airwaves. They're the ones that are in charge. And when those fines get paid, that $325,000 fine, right, the public that doesn't, doesn't go to it. the public. You get not it. at each, all. Each one of us doesn't get a check. Uh, one of the other guys said, families have had it with inappropriate scenes and language that shock and confuse their children. This legislation <laughs> gives them the tools they need to help maintain the home environment families want and deserve. So did they, um, you know, you've, you've got me waiting here. Did they, in fact, give us a list of words that we cannot say on the air? No. See, this is the, I, the I, one thing that they need to do. If they're going to make a rule that I can't be indecent, that I can't be profane, that I can't 
pander, that I must have family-oriented content. These are subjective terms. Sure. I don't need subjective terms. I don't know what family-oriented content is. Has, is the content that we're doing right now family-oriented? Because I don't feel like I'm speaking to 12-year-olds. No. I feel like I'm speaking about adult subjects. Now, there I'm are not, families that listen to this show together. I, I'm though. not speaking in an adult manner in the sense that it's uh, rated R. I'm not using right. bad words. You're not but being salacious. I'm, I'm confused, uh, Senator. Please tell me. I need to know a list of words as a um, radio guy, a list of words, and perhaps television, they could say things that you can't show. You can't show areolas. You can't um, can't show genitals. Mm-hmm. You can't show... They don't even have that. Anal clefts. I don't know. I mean, I need to know what this is. It's just not clear. Now, they're actually, now, I was shocked because I pulled up the text of this bill because I wanted to find out, was there indeed a list of words? And I figured if I, if I scanned through this text, I expected it was going to be, you know, 50 pages at least. I figured I could just scan through real quick during the break and determine whether or not there was a list. And I was shocked to see that this is probably the shortest piece of legislation I've ever encountered. Uh, it actually is less than a page long. Wow. And well, you know what this means, though. When you, when they you, can't write in Mississippi? Well, no. When, it, when it's that um, uh, nonspecific, it leads to arbitrary enforcement of the law. Sure. And that's the way yes. the system is set up today, where the FCC can target um, certain radio stations or certain TV operators based on whatever political reasons they want. So this doesn't change any of that. But what it does do, and it's rare that I'll ever read legalese. This isn't really legalese. It's pretty easy to understand. And it's only one sentence long. Here is what the bill says. Single word or image policy. In administering the regulations, well, it is legal, promulgated under subsection A, the commission shall maintain a policy that a single word or image may constitute indecent programming. Mm-hmm. So the, the current situation with the FCC still applies where they have these rules about indecency and obscenity. Indecency is allowed within the safe zone or is allowed outside of the safe zone, which is between 10 at night and 6 in the morning. So you can have indecent content. Indecent content might be, I mean, it's hard to really nail down what this is, but uh, a show like Loveline where they talk about sex a lot, mm-hmm. where um, the, you know, sex is talked Which, about in, a l- in somewhat explicit ways. Right. Not I enjoy listening actual- to Lovelines, but I'll tell you, um, you're basically allowed to say what you want to say on between uh, 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. On, on the radio. Tell me how many lewd and disgusting shows are on at that time. You would think they're not on. That, that, that the fact that there aren't any rules that it would. Well, there be- are rules. You have uh, rules against obscenity still apply 24 hours a day. Now the definition of obscenity has to do with as the definition of indecency. The definition of obscenity has to do with. Um, with right, the bodily but what, the point that I'm trying to say, explicit d- I, I understand that there, there, okay, there are rules, but the rules are significantly more lax between ten and six. This is true. You would think that there were just the sh- the airwaves would just be rife with shows. No, all, all you got is Art Bell, pretty much, and Art Bell isn't doing anything no. like that, and it's not even Art Bell; it's George Norrie now. Right, um, but. You know, uh, Love Lines is out there doing it, yeah. and, and that's about it. And so there's 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 a market for that content, but not a big one. But, but you see, the word indecency is so general, it can be applied to a whole host of other categories besides something sexually indecent. It could be what, what Tom calls in and says on, on, on uh, one of his calls could be deemed indecent. Uh, I'd have to get the definition out for you, Wayne, and I uh. might do that here in a little bit. Let's hold off on this till hour number three. In the meantime, let's they go have to the a legal phones. definition, too. Talk to Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, guys. 
Hey, what's How's on your going, mind? Fella? It's going great. What's on your mind, sir? Well, I'm um, up here in Montana just for a quick comment on what you guys have been talking about. We have a saying that says you're not a mindless zombie and you can change the dial. Yep, exactly right. But what else anyway, did you call about? about um, a legal matter that has to do with finances. It's, uh, I was talking to a fellow friend of mine in the VFW last night, and he was saying that I could go down to the Social Security office and uh, uh, fill out like these two forms and have a lawyer sign off on it, and I could stop paying Social Security and like that because you can claim... Claim exempt and things like this all you want, but you, you know, and not and not. Are you? Paying. Do you have a job? Are you working for someone? Yes. So yes. this would be That's some sort of form that would authorize your employer to no longer collect social security payments or to send in social security uh, taxes for you. But what I wanted to do with that money is, because I pay like one fifty a month in social security. I mean, I live week to week a lot mm-hmm. of time, but anyway, um. I was thinking instead of, what, who do I go see about, you know, just taking that money that I would have paid in Social Security and just invest in gold? Go to, uh, well, you should probably uh, talk to some friends, see if they know any financial planners, that sort of thing. Get somebody. Because you can put it in IRAs, but um, I know that uh, Midas Resources, uh, who syndicates us, um, they sell gold, and, and they're very reputable. I've worked with them personally, and I worked with them uh they didn't know it was me. I just wanted to see what the experience was like, mm-hmm. and it was good. It, it worked out well. It's MidasResources.com, I think. It's, uh, it's their website. So check that out. Talk to some friends that uh, you know know a thing or two about money, and ask them who they would recommend as far as maybe a financial planner or advisor or something like that. Somebody who knows how to handle money and where to invest it, and create a balanced portfolio for you. And good luck with that. And good luck finding those forms, because I doubt the Social Security office is just going to hand them over. Oh, here you go. Thanks for the call, dude. Hour three's on the way. In decent. We'll get into it further. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Still to come, a little bit more discussion about obscenity and indecency, with the FCC possibly uh, taking on a new rule, a new regulation. And we'll get to that. But first, let's go to the phones, because Mark in Massachusetts has been waiting patiently. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Mark, Massachusetts. Mark going once. Mark going twice. Do we have Mark? Mark. Mark. Well, maybe we'll try him back later. Maybe he, uh, I don't know, fell asleep during the news. 800-259-9231. late, you know. As uh, FMQB, an industry publication, reported today, the House of Representatives, there's been a bipartisan effort. A new bill has been, uh, has been put forth that allegedly will protect... <laughs> Pull over on the American people. ...that they say are going to protect your children from indecent programming. And essentially, what the bill is going to do is... Uh, abdicate responsibility for um, parenting from the uh, from the parents and give it to the broadcasters as well, though they should be parenting your children. Really, what it's going to do is it says here that they uh, the FCC will maintain a policy that a single word or image 
may constitute indecent programming. So it's not as uh, it's not as hardcore as it might have might have sounded in the uh, the radio industry's uh, publication. In that the word "may" is in there. So again, it's up to the judgment of the FCC, and that could mean. Nothing will happen. It can also mean that they'll crack down. It right. depends they'll, on they'll, who's they'll in give charge. They'll uh, fines willy-nilly however they feel like. Right. It, it depends on who's in but charge. But that's how it's been all, all along anyway. Right. But it expands their ability to uh, to hit people. It doesn't even really do that because, uh, you know, they, it does because they could have done it, it does, anyway. and I'll explain why. Because I'm here on the FCC's webpage, the Obscene, Indecent, and Profane Broadcast FCC Consumer Facts Let's lay down the definitions here, just so you, the listener, have some idea as to what the FCC considers obscene and indecent. Now, remember, obscenity is not allowed on the air on broadcast television or broadcast radio at any time. Indecency is allowed between 10 o'clock at night and 6 a.m. So it's important to understand what the difference is between obscenity and indecency, because this new law only modifies the indecency portion of the FCC code. It doesn't affect the obscenity portion. So let's get the obscene thing out of the way here. According to the FCC, obscene material is not protected by the First Amendment to the Constitution. Apparently that... Was that written in there? Let me check, no, check this out. No, it, didn't, it doesn't Amendment mention that. number one. Don't see anything about obscenity. It says here that there shouldn't be a prohibition on the free exercise of speech. Huh. Not sure how they quite determine that, but that's our court system for you. Right, that's just what they say. Uh, they, they say that the they ignore su- that Constitution crap anyway. They're not very fond of the Constitution. They say that the Supreme Court has established that to be obscene, material must meet a three-pronged test. Boing. Okay, it has to meet all three of these prongs, not just one, to be determined obscene. Number one, an average person. Once again, the the nebulous terms are already starting to come out. Right. Who's what's an average person? How do you define what an average where do person I, is? Where do I find this average person so right. I can ask them? And then it gets more nebulous. An average person applying contemporary community standards. Well, what community are you talking about? Are you talking about the community of the United States of America? Are you talking about the community of Keene, New Hampshire? Are you talking about the community of people that listen to Free Talk Live? Are you talking to about the community of listeners to one of our radio affiliates? Which community exactly are you talking about here? That's right. not really defined. Very nebulous. Uh, uh, so an average person applying contemporary community standards must find that the material as a whole appeals to the prurient interest. Prurient meaning uh, appealing to the most base sexual uh, lusts and desires and that sort of thing. That's prong number one. The material must depict, this is number two, material must depict or describe in a patently offensive way. Sexual conduct specifically defined by applicable law. Now, dropping the F-bomb does not, uh, it doesn't have anything to do with the first uh, first prong. You know, because that's not a purient, it's not purient, it's not sexual. If it's used in a sexual, uh, in a sexual connotation. Sure, sure. Uh, then no, prong number three, so number two, it must depict or describe in a patently offensive way. So once again, there's that nebulous, well, are you offended or not? And how can you determine what's patently offensive? Like once again, that goes back to an average person and community standards. Then uh, number three, prong three, the material taken as a whole must lack serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. Well, then that can't apply to us ever. <laughs> <laughs> So, so to to determine a broadcast as obscene, it has to be looked at 
uh, from a wide view. You can't just take one segment of a show and say, well, this is obscenity. You have to look at the whole show, the intent and the material and, you know, how it was intended and uh, apply these community standards, whatever that means, and the average person and all that other gobbledygook. It's very rare that I think anything is ever deemed obscene in this country. So it's really the indecency part that becomes critical for our discussion. And that's where this bill comes in. Because according to the bill, the uh, the definition is now – they're now saying that a single word or image may constitute indecent programming. So according to the FCC, the old definition of indecency is that, quote, language or material that in context depicts or describes in terms patently offensive, measured by – as measured by contemporary community standards for the broadcast medium, sexual or excretory organs or activities – Indecent programming contains patently offensive sexual or excretory material that does not rise to the level of obscenity. So you don't have to meet the three prongs to be considered indecent. Right. You can just say the F-bomb, I guess. Right. If you're talking about, in a sort of appealing to the prurient interest way, sexual or excretory function. So, you know, actually being very explicit in talking about sexual acts or being very explicit and and, and gross in talking about, you know, defecating or going to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Uh, That could get you slapped with an indecency fine. However, it does say here that According to the definition, it's the material in context. So the current definition of indecency is the context, right? I'm, I'm dizzy have... from these defini- these legal definitions. Why don't they just give us a list of words? And I'm just thinking about all these uh, old answering machine messages I had from ex-girlfriends. <laughs> thinking about if they apply or not. Well, it's not broadcast, so it, it Thank goodness. I know, but sometimes mm. people <laughs> play them on the air. That's true. Um, so... Once again, the old definition is the context of the material that is supposedly indecent. Now, with this new modification, context won't be an issue. Now, with this new modification, if this goes through, and I don't see why the Congress won't pass this. Right, I don't see it either. Oh, yeah, they're going to they're gonna grandstand about this. You know right. they will. A single word or image may constitute indecent programming. So, context will be out the window. It won't matter. The fact that the F-bomb made it onto the air may simply be enough to levy a $325,000 fine mm. against your favorite radio or television station. So, Bigger stations might be able to absorb that, but even that is still tremendous blow. Smaller that, stations will be put out of business. How does it affect us? Um, you know, we don't do sexual content. We don't. We certainly don't use foul language. We try to avoid u- using that. We'll use some terms um, when we're talking about things that are of a, uh, you know, issues. But how does it affect us? Well, once again, I mean, it could it could simply be an utterance of an utterance? Uh, of a particular word. One single good. word could be considered indecent. And again, mm-hmm. it'll be t- completely up to the discretion of the FCC. Now, of course, right. they're still going so, to have to receive complaints. In which case, there are these activist groups out there, like the Parents Television Association that uh, or pa- Parents Television Council that has these uh, parents concerned parents on an email list and when they hear something on the they hear about something naughty on the radio they send out an email asking all the parents to use the FCC's reporting form to right. go in and, and report it. And they feel it. like they're good people if they do such a thing, so they do. Except it turns out that the parents television council is responsible for either 98 or 99% depending on right. what year you look at of the reports to the FCC. They should be they should have to uh, they should just have to ignore them. There's well, just too many of them. Marcus, just as a precaution, you better stop saying holy crap. <laughs> well, that's you just it. That's just yeah. it. I mean, somebody could very well take, you know, we could be talking in a very clinical manner, as we do sometimes, about a sexual issue. 
you know, something uh, something that affects a lot of Americans, some sexual dysfunction or something like that. And the fact that we might say penis on the air could very well, you know, somebody could clip that out and say, these are free talk live said penis on the air. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if we were attempting to be prurient or we were attempting to uh, appeal to the lowest common denominator, all these other factors that would have been important before. Now it's going to go away. So this is awful, awful legislation that can really be used to target politically unpopular broadcasts like Free Talk Live or Howard Stern or Opie and Anthony or anybody else and uh, or target the stations that are airing those broadcasts and take them off of the air. And that's a pretty scary prospect for America in a country where we supposedly have free speech. Your thoughts? This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you're a concerned parent, and you're out there in support of what we've been talking about, I would really like to hear from you. Because the federal government is looking at changing the rules that the FCC must follow. Because right now, the federal, uh, the FCC, when it's looking at uh, a, an indecency complaint on a radio station or TV station, they have to take a context into um, into account. They have to look at the the whole story, so to speak, or at least you know the segment of the broadcast that that is that they're referencing in the indecency complaint. This new rule is going to make it so that a single word, regardless of context, could be considered indecent. And if you're one of those people that feels like the government should be doing the parenting job for you, or the government should be cleaning up the airwaves. I want to hear from you at 800-259-9231, because it's my position that the marketplace is doing a, can do a fine job of cleaning the airwaves on its own. The marketplace, in the world of radio, there are three distinct um, entities involved. You've got the business, the, the actual radio station that you're listening to this show on. You've got the advertisers, the people that keep the radio station in business, mm-hmm. and then you've got the listeners, who without them, the advertisers won't have anyone go buy their products and services, and so therefore the advertisers will go away. So these are, all, these are three very important categories of people that interact together in order to provide you with the programming that you consume on your, on your radio station. And it just seems to me that you know if the listeners don't like the content on the station, they'll contact the advertisers. The advertisers will contact the, the station, station, and then the station will either make changes or they won't. And then, uh, you know, the station will suffer if indeed enough people bail out and they don't listen anymore. And as you said last segment, Mark, there's no um, there, there's no huge amount of indecent programming at night on radio stations. Right. It just doesn't exist. This this is the part that amazes me. There isn't that much indecent um, indecency on. The radio, and and I don't watch much television. Maybe there's more on TV. I don't know. Um, but if I don't watch television, that means that somehow a person can get through their day without watching a television. Mm. So it's a choice to consume that medium. That's correct. I don't know what TV's like. I don't propose to know, but I do listen to the radio on a regular basis. And you know, TV is certainly getting more explicit. I don't hear it. Yeah. I just don't yeah. hear it. There's the morning shows; they aren't there like they used to be. After Janet Jackson's boob was exposed, bang, it's all gone. Um, Love Lines is out there, but it's 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 a doctor talking about sexual issues. Sure. 
it you know there's there's some kind of radio flamboyance and that kind of thing. Right. What's now, the problem? Exactly? Now this um, law it makes one instance uh, an utterance, as it were, it could possibly con- be considered indecent. That's correct. That is correct. Now, now here's a couple of things. Or image. I'm thinking of like a snake on um, the I don't TV music awards, some kind of music awards or whatever, and he said the f bomb when he was accepting his trophy a few times. Do snake. Isn't that the, the the name of the guy from uh, Guns N' Roses? <laughs> oh, okay. Slash? Slash. Slash. <laughs> yeah. It's this must have been a long time ago. It's been some time. Uh, Bono did it, too. Yes. Okay. There's been a few F-bombs dropped on this uh, Oscars. Is that what it is? The Hell if I know. Emmys? Music I awards? Know. Some some nationally broadcast, not, not the MTV ones, but something like that. They were on there, you and know, they used those. And I was kind of thinking of that those instances, and... They're a big deal. There's a lot of hubbub, a lot of buzz. Zzz, Bono said the F-bomb. That's kind of interesting, but what about when somebody calls into Free Talk Live, it's a caller, not a host, and they drop the F-bomb? Is that, is that, uh, are we, have we been indecent? Have we been in obscene? That Has the seem... station been obscene? Because it's right. going to be the station that's going to face the fine, not us. Well, we, we, we face, they face the fine, but we face being canceled. That stinks. That's true. And they are looking at other legislation that will make the performers responsible as well. So, therefore, we might be responsible, though. I don't know if that will exclude callers or how that's going to work. I'm not sure how this is going to all pan they out. They don't know either. That's the thing. They're just pandering for votes. That's true. They're just saying, blah, 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 bad we words We care about bad. families. Blah, we want to protect blah. your children. You know, Nobody th- should and, show. And that's, and that's what really infuriates me when they say stuff like that because – you know, not too long ago in this country, you had uh, the kids were a lot more supervised than they are today. You've got mom and dad out there working full time with two car payments and a mm. huge mortgage, and the kids are, are latchkey kids in many cases. And this comes back to the money situation too. Is is that then? What do you do? Who's going to supervise your kids if you don't? If you're out working and, and uh, evading your responsibility? Apparently, to the kids? I'm supposed to. Well, you're still supposed to, I guess, but... but no, I'm, apparently I'm supposed to supervise their kids and make sure that nobody says any bad words to them. You, the because, man on the radio, you Right, mean. because yeah. here I am on the radio, I'm supposed to control what a caller says? Right, and it's also absurd, especially in a world where the Internet exists, and kids are the uh, tr- a very large demographic as far as users, frequent users of the Internet. Uh, the idea that radio stations and TV stations need to tiptoe around uh, discussing sex and uh, you know t- and showing sexual content or is indecent content on the air is absurd when all a kid has to do to go and access the most extreme content i mean i was just on uh, on our forum at uh, the free talk live forum today and if you want to see some extreme content uh, it's there to be found no i don't and i, I saw I mean, somebody i saw dolphin sex i mean a, a human dolphin sex on the, I mean, it was really disturbing. I mean, this is the stuff that's on the internet. That and, and, ABC News is not going to air this clip on their nightly news program ever. No. But a lot of kids are a lot more internet savvy than their parents. So even if the parents thought they were supervising them, you know, of course now we talk about oh, oh we better regulate the internet, but that's not the answer. The answer is that we really have to uh, take responsibility for our kids and watch them and do what we have to do to be, spend time with them, so they don't feel the need to go off and do those things. Absolutely. You know what really offends me is the way these politicians they say things like one of them says, "I speak for our families in Mississippi as well as across the country." Oh. Blah, Sir, blah blah blah. You do not speak for anyone but yourself and perhaps your family. That's it. it. You don't speak for me. You don't speak for my family. You don't speak for my value system. And how dare you claim to actually do so? 
So I want to hear from somebody out there that's excited about this new law. That you like, know, they think it's going to do some yeah, some great you stuff. You think this is you think this new law that's going to make it so radio stations and TV stations can be fined hundreds of thousands of dollars for one single utterance of a uh, you know a profanity, for instance. And it's not even necessarily profanity. It could just simply be an image uh, that could be indecent programming, which also means in the world of television that could be really scary because each frame should be considered an image technically, mm. and there are 30 frames per second of video. So therefore, a lot of content uh, flying out there. One second of a nude breast would actually be 30 images of that nude breast, and therefore maybe they'll get fined 30 times $325,000. Are you in favor of this? 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, by the way, at freetalklive.com, where we have the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've sent us their photo to prove they listen to the show. And you also need to know that if you're sick and tired of this nanny state garbage, because that's what this is. This is the government saying, oh, okay, You can't parents, take care of yourself. Yeah, that's right. You, you know what? We're going to take care of your kids for you because you parents are so stupid. You're so incapable of controlling what your children hear and what they experience that we're going to handle it for you. If you're tired of this crap, then you should consider the Free State Project. Uh, That's one of our sponsors on the show. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the second American revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. If you are someone who is self-sufficient, someone who can, uh, who has the confidence that you can handle raising your own kids without having mommy government around determining for you what your kids can and can't experience. You change the channel. You allow your kids whether or not to to watch television at all. Personally, I think it's a waste of their time to watch TV. They should be listening to Free Talk Live with you. 800-259-9231. Believe it or not, whole families sit down and listen to this show. It's amazing. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. We've got over a quarter of a million posts, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. And hey, there's our music bed again. Hope that means we're still on the air. Sometimes when we hear the music, it means there's a problem with the network. And I'm hoping we're still here. I think we are. 800-259-9231. So bbs.freetalklive.com gets you to the bulletin board system as we go to the phones, into the fun, to talk to Scott in Winnipeg. You're on Free Talk Live. Scott, hello. Hello there. What's on your mind? Hey, well, I'll comment real quick about this SEC law. You know, people have a free choice. They can change the channel. Yes. Simple enough, really, I think. Yep, exactly right. Uh, The main reason why I called is because uh, a few days ago you were talking about the prosecutor who flew to Michigan uh, to have sex with a five-year-old girl that didn't really exist. Oh, yeah. The federal prosecutor, by the way. So I got into a talk about victimless crimes and things like that. Well, I thought I'd lead off with a quick story. Uh, When I was in college, uh, I was living with my brother. He graduated, so he moved out. So I got a new roommate, someone I didn't really know very well. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's kind of a weird sort of guy. And, uh, I figured so, that's where this was leading. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
what happened was uh, I, I'm the one that did the laundry most of the time, so mm-hmm. I'd fold it and put it in the guy's room, in my room. So and, you did uh, his laundry for him? Um, yeah, I did, or else it would just stink, you know? Right, he's one of those guys. Okay, yeah. boy. Ugh. So one day I put his laundry in in his closet. Like, I'm not, I just opened the door and put it in there. Yeah, no need and to fold I, it. Yeah, exactly. And when I did that, I saw some things in the closet. What he had done was I found a whole bunch of child pornography in there. And it was Uh-oh. obvious that, yeah, he was going to the same college as I was, and I could tell that he had printed it off at the college because it had a little uh, tag on the paper. Mm. Um, anyway, so so what I did was, now, I, I, I saw this stuff. I just left it. When he came home, I told him that I had found it, and I told him I wanted him to move out. Simple enough. I wasn't going to call the cops. I was going to do something like that. Mm-hmm. I just said, move out, you know, and he did. He moved out a couple days after that. Great. Now, what what I'm getting at is that uh, with your talk about victimless crime, I started thinking because I've had this talk with people before, and I know it's a really hard position to to defend. But I wonder about, the, for example, him looking at that stuff. I don't see a victim in him looking at it if he wasn't involved in the creation or distribution or anything like that. It's so I'm wondering what you guys think of the end user as far as someone like that uh, that you know found it on the net, you know looked at it and did whatever but he wasn't involved in the creation at all. Because I think you hear about stories about people uh, taking their computer to, in to get fixed and, and, you know, people find child pornography and report sure. them and they go to jail for years and years. And I start thinking, you know, I, I don't know if that's the proper punishment for that because they're not directly... Yeah, I don't think it's right to send perverts to jail. I don't think that's necessarily that should be going on. And I, I agree with you. There is no victim there. Essentially, that's a thought crime. If indeed there's something inherently wrong or something that needs to be punished by jail about simply coming into contact with a uh, a piece of child pornography, then every police officer that's ever investigated mm-hmm. child porn should also be spending time in prison. Uh, and the fact is, you know, we've talked to um, we had a we had a self-professed pedophile call this show one time. We had a actually pretty extended conversation with the guy, and he pointed out, I think it was him, he pointed out that it's really all about what's going on in their head. Um, if they can't get their hands on child pornography. They'll pull open the Sears catalog and look at, you know, look at little kids in their underwear and they'll, you know, they'll self-pleasure to that. So, really these people are going to continue on with their sickness whether or not they have the ability to get their hands on this uh, on this child porn and the idea that we're putting people in jail cells for thinking naughty things I think is pretty disturbing. But what well, I, I, I would disagree, I would disagree um, with my uh, partner there because to some extent First off, I believe in political philosophy that works, and saying that child porn uh, is okay doesn't work for most people. I would Did I say it was okay? okay? I didn't say it was okay. But, but that's how they hear it. First off, I, I think that I think that if if you've got pictures of children, and I'm talking about under the age of 12 or something like that, I, I don't have a problem with that person going to prison. However. I think that there's some, they hurt? hold on just a second. I think that there's a murky area. You got you got your time and I didn't interrupt you. There's a murky area when it comes to photographs. For instance, uh in New Hampshire, it is completely legal for a girl to have sex at 16 for a girl and a guy to have sex at 16. If I'm a 16-year-old guy, I have sex with a 16-year-old girl and I take pictures of it, am I a child pornographer? 
According if I make, to the law, you are. According to the law, I am. I mean, does that make any sense? If I'm a 14-year-old boy having sex with a 16-year-old girl, taking pictures of it, and I open a website where people can take pictures or um, use these pictures, am I a child pornographer? By law, yes. This is bizarre. Well, now you're getting to the world of the actual creation of child porn, which isn't necessarily a cut-and-dry situation either. That's a whole other conversation. But Wayne, as the father in the room, a uh, father of at least two kids, how do you feel <laughs> about this one? I'll shoot him. Shoot who? The kids. Me, should I tell you something? Well, if a pedophile comes near my kids, I'd probably want to <laughs> but no, shoot But, but about his question about the, uh, the person who's viewing the child pornography and whether or not that person should be put into a jail cell. Well, on one side of it, I think people will think that, well, because this person is patronizing these these purveyors of char- child porn, they're creating a market for it, so they want to try to destroy the market. And I understand why they would think that. On the other hand, like like you were saying... Works that, real well with the drug war, huh? Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And But the other, the other side is, I don't think you stop these people. The question is, why are these people like this to begin with? Right. That's the real question. Because perversions just happen. Well, you know, and they don't just uh, happen. Sorry, that, that's something that my wife brought up when I was talking about how, you know, they're not, if they're not buying it, you know, they're not subscribing, not paying for it. It's just like through, uh, you know, Kazar or something like that. But she said, even if you're not directly buying it, you're still contributing to the market because people are making yeah. it for a reason, right? Even if they're not directly selling it, maybe they get off on people looking at it, so you're still creating the market. And that's where I was kind of on the fence, you know, because if, if you're sort of doing it, uh, uh, just not justifying, but if you're creating the demand for it, then I think that's where the problem is. The other thing that I think, the other thing that goes through my head too is that if those people uh, don't have access to it, or they just have access to Sears catalogs, maybe they'll want to go out and manifest it physically with somebody. As opposed, so you're to, saying that it, because it does exist, they're less likely to go out and try to create their own. Uh, it, as it's just a thought. I, I don't it's know. It's legitimate. Uh, I don't know whether it's entirely point. true, though. I yeah, mean, I, I don't either. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm trying to think about this from all different angles. Right. And take myself it's out the same of it. argument that's been made with porn for well, a long here's time. A, here's another thing. I mean, you know, Mark, you are. Uh, it's obviously an offensive concept to oh, think sure about. Um, you know, the idea of people consuming this sort of a product, but we also have to understand that it's also something that really does happen, and it may be more widespread than uh, than people imagine. For instance, when you look at the police stories about when they do uh, massive busts, when they you know break up a child porn ring, uh, a child porn distribution ring, they will bust. You, you sort of envision when you think of child pornography consumers, you envision this, you know, sicko hunched over in his trailer, you know, looking at this child porn, and, uh, you know, as it turns out, I'm sure there are those guys, but there are also doctors and lawyers and federal prosecutors uh, that are interested in these sorts of things, and so it's it's impossible to pigeonhole, oh, well, you look like you're a child porn consumer. And also, if indeed we're going to put people in jail for consuming offensive content, which is what that is. You're putting someone into a jail cell because they're looking at something that you disagree with. I think pretty much everybody disagrees with it, but they're looking at it, and so therefore you're going to put them in a jail cell. Well, I think most people also disagree with bestiality. Um, why isn't that illegal? I mean, that, that's that's also something that's pretty awful to make. You could make very easily make the argument that you're abusing the animals in that particular case. That you know, animals and humans weren't meant to get meant to get together into sexual situations. But yet there are websites out there uh, that are dedicated to purveying bestiality. Right, and, and for bestiality some reason porn. they don't arrest those people. Right. For some reason it's okay. It's not okay to look at child porn, but it is okay to look at bestiality porn. Maybe there's going to be a new law that comes soon that makes it illegal to look at bestiality porn. And then we have and, to incarcerate bestiality. 
reality people. Right. And then what's next? We already know the federal government is cracking down on so-called obscenity in the world of pornography. The extreme pornographers have already had federal lawsuits filed against them, like Max Hardcore, for instance. Are we going to outlaw looking at, you know, violent pornography as well? Where do you draw the line? I don't think the line should be drawn on consuming these things at all. Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate hearing from you, Scott. 800-259-9231. I promised two stories about septuagenarians, people in their 70s, in a bit of trouble with the law. We'll find out what happened to them here in moments and take your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. The show is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call. Whether you want to talk about obscenity, indecency, pornography... As long as you don't talk about it in an obscene and decent manner. <laughs> exactly. That's mm. sort of been the topic this hour. Uh, on the way, some stories about septuagenarians, but your phone calls are primary. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. We've got live streams. There's a broadband version and a dial-up version. We give everything away, and if you like the show and you want to help support us, then go and AMP. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in 3 bucks a month voluntarily via any major credit card or PayPal. And there's some alternative methods. But you send in that 3 bucks a month. We take it in and we turn it around to getting on more radio stations across the country and spreading the message of freedom and liberty. So if that is important to you, you should AMP. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. And are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. That's D2Z. Dot org. Um, some of our newer stations include KTAE in Texas, which is uh, where Barry is at. Barry, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Uh, yes. Hey, you know, uh, I've heard y'all talking about censorship and, you know, and all this. Uh, I'm still working here at night in, in Texas. And, and uh, like I say, I don't have any problem with intelligent conversation mm-hmm. about anything. If two people are talking and they happen to mention a penis or whatever they mention, if, if, in a conversation where you're trying to discuss something, it's one thing. Mm-hmm. My biggest problem is I have two daughters, 12 and 15, and I try to censor what they watch, mm-hmm. you know, mainly because if I'm watching with them, I'm embarrassed more than they are. But uh, <laughs> you you know, what bothers it. me is we're watching a wholesome movie or, you know, as wholesome as you can get nowadays on TV. Sure. And because a handful of guys in the United States have erectile dysfunction, I've got to watch a commercial every 15 minutes <laughs> talking about how long is your erection. If you had a four-hour erection, see the doctor. <laughs> and when you're ready, she needs to be ready. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, this is a commercial. I have no control over. Well, now know, hold on. You what have control. Come on. Now wait a minute. There's now, other commercials about women with with sexual problems. Now Barry, all, you know how do you how do you uh, resolve these type of problems? I don't know. Yeah. First of all, you do have control. A number one. You don't have to subscribe to cable or satellite or even have an antenna plugged into your TV. What you can do is get a DVD player and go out and only rent movies that you know are wholesome. In fact, there are actually, there's actually a service out there, believe it or not, that sells Hollywood movies, movies with violence and sex in them by default. This service, they sell a DVD player that literally edits out the violent and sexual content that you can choose. You can say, okay, well, I don't mind my kids seeing violence, or I don't mind my kids seeing sex, but I don't want this in here, and I don't want this. And you can actually configure your DVD player to make it so, and I wish I remember the name of it. I know some yeah, of our listeners do Yeah, but you know, that's a lot of trouble for an average person to do. 
Now it's not a lot no. of trouble. You well, buy a, a DVD lot player. Of trouble. If you're, you know, if you're a working person and you're working all day long and you come home at night, you sit down to watch a movie on TV. You turn it on. You think, oh well, this is this is rated, you know, maybe R, which, <clears throat> you know, it's terrible. I don't mind an occasional boob showing or something. But you know, all these commercials from the drug companies about you know, erectile dysfunction and sex mm-hmm. and this and that. And mostly it's the commercials. It's not, I, the, I understand. It's not the shows, um, you know, that that have the problem. I totally no. understand your concerns. I have to say, though, I think you're on a slippery slope with a statement like, well, it's too much trouble. I'm a busy parent, so therefore I'll let the government decide these things for me. No, then- no, I'm not supporting the government censoring these things. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying that it seems like He's there should be some mi- middle... There. Right, I, Barry. I understand where you're coming from. That I I, I get those commercials and and you know they're they're kind of funny and uh, but if you've got kids you know young young kids around and it can be a little uncomfortable. But at the same time, some of the things that the uh, the federal government deems to be obscene aren't uh, sexual; they're excretory. So should we not have toilet paper ads? Po- how about poop oh, jokes? No, but like I said, I have right, no, just, no problem with any of that. Right, it's, I'm, I'm just, like I said, it's just the you know the the it's like I said when you're trying to make trying to put forth a general effort, the best effort you know that that I can do. I mean, other persons they may have the time to screen everything their kid watches mm-hmm. and watch it first beforehand, and and you know and go through all that trouble. It's tough. You know, what about I the Disney Channel? I, I'm just a, an average person, and I. You know, I, I make sure. a genuine and, effort. And you know, it to, really, really compounds the problem. And I, I absolutely feel for you because parents today are so damn busy. And Wayne, you touched on this earlier. If you've got a two-parent household, both parents have to work just to get the bills paid these days. And it's so difficult because the tax burden that we have is making it that way. So because the government is out there with these confiscatory, insane levels of taxation that we have in this country. And self-inflation. Uh, it, it, yeah, and all these other monetary issues. Parents are just stretched so thin they don't even have time to be parents anymore so if we can drastically cut back on the size of government and cut back on taxes then maybe parents can actually stay home more often and pay more attention to these sorts of things so really all of this stuff is a problem that's created by the government and all i can really tell you you know barry if if this is something that you ser- you're seriously concerned about is you know maybe you just simply have to restrict the channels a little bit more maybe only allow nickelodeon or the disney channel or, or well, yeah but yeah see you're talking about 14 13 15 year old kids you Do they know have how internet? much can you restrict them right their their friends are watching these channels sure. and they want to watch I think I don't personally. It's not the way that I. I'm not a parent, okay, so I can't really say anything. Uh, Wayne, you can certainly comment here, but as I think in the real world, we have to understand those things. You can't be around all the time. They are going to go to their friends' houses. They are going to get on the internet without you around. Yeah, but even with me, I can't control commercials. Right. Hey, Barry, thank you for the call. Your phone's breaking up. We really appreciate hearing from you, though. Uh, Wayne, your comments on, you know, raising kids in, in a realistic scenario of you understand they're going to come across things like this. Yeah. How, do you, how do you handle that? Well, for one, we always explain to our kids when we see things like that that, well, people do those things, but it's really not okay, and you're not going to have a lot of friends, and you're not going to have uh, uh, friends because their parents are not going to allow them to hang out with you if you say things and do things like that. The other thing is is that we don't have cable or satellite TV or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. We rent movies. That's all we do. And they Your watch. kids have little wooden dolls and uh, <laughs> abacuses to play with, don't they? No, they have a lot of books. <laughs> they have a lot of books, and we try to uh, nurture their creativity and their imagination. 
and they're allowed um, an hour of TV a day, but it's a, it's a movie. They get to watch a movie a night, and my son picks one one night, my daughter picks one the other night, and all the other the rest of the time, they're either outside running around like kids are supposed to do, or they're, um, they're reading and doing, doing intellectual pursuits. I think that's a that's an excellent point. They're and homeschooled I, too, right? Yes, and but you don't have to have cable TV. Now you're saying, well, I come home, I want to watch TV. Well, you could go, you could stop by the video store on the way home and rent a movie. Get you know, Netflix, uh, yeah, Blockbuster. And, and sometimes my wife and I will watch a more adult-rated movie after the kids go to bed. There you go. So there Good you suggestions. go. Hey, quick stories, real quick here. Uh, two septuagenarians. One, grand, uh, great grandma Betty pleads innocent to resisting arrest over dead grass. Betty Perry pleaded innocent uh, recently to charges she failed to water her lawn and resisted arrest when an officer attempted to cite her. She appeared in uh, district court. According to, let's see, Gloria Aldred, her attorney, quote, Today, law enforcement in Orem has enshrined itself as the laughingstock of our country by prosecuting a 70-year-old great-grandmother for allegedly not watering her lawn. She's a scoff law. Uh, apparently, in July, she was cited by Officer James Flyglair of, get this, the police have a neighborhood preservation unit. Right. They've got the grass police. For failing to water her lawn. Disgusting. Perry refused to give her name to the officer, and when he tried to stop her from going back inside her house she reportedly tripped and injured her nose oh. now that's what they're saying she did there's a good chance that the officer was manhandling her and you know she somehow fell to the ground she was arrested and taken to a police station is now being charged with a landscape violation a class c misdemeanor <laughs> and interfering with a police officer <laughs> and interfering with a police officer a class b misdemeanor so a 70 something year old lady there going to jail over her lawn. What has this country turned into? What are you in for, Bessie? Oh, a landscape violation. Can, can you believe this? Welcome to no. the police state of America. Now overseas to the United Kingdom, uh, where at Morrison's, apparently a supermarket there, staff refused to sell alcohol to a white-haired 72-year-old man because he didn't have identification on him, or rather wouldn't show his identification. The uh, gentleman in the store at that point was trying to buy some Cabernet Sauvignon, when he was asked to show his identification. Because, because young punks passing off as uh, 70-year-old men always buy Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> I would like some Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> the grandfather of three said people. he had refused to confirm he was over 21 as it was a stupid question. I would, agree. I would agree with him there. <laughs> he said uh, he expected the store manager would resolve the situation because he called the manager over and was disappointed. He said, I felt like saying, what do I look like? Are you a fool? He picks up the wine and in a manner of a child taking home his ball, says, well, we won't serve you, the manager. Did that? Uh, the pensioner abandoned his shopping on the this conveyor belt and left the store, but not before demanding a complaints form and a phone number for the store's headquarters. He said, it is a bureaucracy gone, it's bureaucracy gone mad. Yes. If the checkout lady who was about 40 asked me with a twinkle in her eye, perhaps I wouldn't have been so tetchy, but she asked me the question with a perfectly straight face, and I said, I wouldn't dignify the question with an answer. And good for him for leaving his groceries right there and walking out. I would have done the same thing. See you tomorrow night. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.